Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, and you're very welcome to this weekend's podcast. My name is Owen Colgan. How do you diddle? Hope you're keeping well. Hope you're having a lovely weekend. It's Sunday, and I'm having one can of. It's called St. Omer's, and it's a beer that I got there today now in Aldi, or could have been Little, I forget now. But um, nice cans, they're 50 CL and they're 5%, and I'm sipping away in it now. Let me see. Oh, lovely. I'm really enjoying that now. But I did have a quiet weekend. I spent two days in Sligo. Have to say it. Sligo, I don't know what you've been doing, but you've been keeping yourself in shape. Yes, folks, that's right. If you get a chance to come west, no matter where you're coming from, the north, south or the east or... Yeah, that's all the places you can come from, really. Do get a chance. If you do get a chance, pop into Sligo. It's a lovely spot. Now, I only drove through the city very quickly because I wanted to have a bit of a look around. I wanted to be nosy. I wanted to see who was about. And the streets were, there was a fair few people knocking around. There was a great energy about the place. I do believe that I saw a group of women on a Hindu. They were all dressed up as, um, I don't know who they were. I think it was the Spice Girls, but... um, it was nice to see the liveliness in the city and the Garavogue River ploughing through the middle of Sligo like a bloody man on a motorbike trying to get home for the fucking weekend's pints or whatever he's up to. Um, but had a great time in Sligo anyways and um, it's a great, great county, very beautiful. Went to a place, it wasn't Ben Bulban now, but Ben Bulban is nice and I heard recently you can climb that. So next time I go down to Sligo, I'm going to give Ben Bulban a climb or give it a go anyways, or pretend I climbed it at least. But um, there's a mountain that looks like the younger cousin of Ben Bulban and I went up a small bit of it and there's a huge cave at the top there. Now I didn't get up to the cave, but there's pictures on Google where you can view what it looks like to be up there in the cave looking down at people. And it got me thinking, maybe years and years ago, there was the Vikings or the Celts or lads even from Schleigo that were up there in those caves. And they were looking down on maybe wild animals or dinosaurs. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know what was going on back in the day. But um, great visit anyways. And if you get a chance to visit the West, obviously come into Mayo for luck, will you? Will you fucking spend a few pounds here in Mayo, please? We're looking for people to buy BLTs. Looking for people to stop off and buy a couple of ice creams this week or next week, I should say, is going to be very warm. So please do. If you're around, come down. We'd like to see ye and make sure you have the wallet out because we want money spent in this county. But also, if you get a chance, pop up to Sligo. Great spot. And uh, I definitely I think that I underestimated how beautiful Sligo is. Of course, you have the city, you know, when everyone goes into the city because it's great crack and there's people around, there's excitement. People are wearing pointy shoes. They've got nice shirts on. Lads have got the fade haircut. Women are in town. People are looking to meet up, get juicy with one another and go back to their houses and do what they got to do. I don't care. But anyways, it's not about the city only. And same with Galway, you know, I, I when I lived in Galway for five years, I only spent time on Shop Street or down the Spanish Arch, or down the Munro's, or out by the Swamp, or all those places, Salt Hill. I didn't go to Salt Hill too much. I never felt like they liked me out there. I always felt like a bit of an underdog walking around Salt Hill. You'll know what I'm talking about if you've been out there. But um, Sligo, I have to say, is a lovely spot. And um, I think Queen Maeve's grave is there somewhere too. 
if you get a chance. It's up on a mountain, it's a load of rocks, basically. And, I mean, it's probably made up. Probably wasn't even her grave at all. Although you'll probably get some fucking historian listening to this now going, It fucking was her grave, man! But I think that they just put a lot of rocks there so that American and German tourists will come along and take pictures of Queen Maeve's grave. And on top of that, they'd spend a load of money in the town because they'd be staying in B&Bs, in hostels, in hotels, and buying BLTs. And I think I've already said that, but you know what I'm talking about anyways. But do, if you get a chance, come out west, you know, and it's a beautiful country we have here. And Sligo is up there with the sexiest county in Ireland. I kid you not. Um, tonight's podcast, I wanted to talk about space. What's up there? Why do we care? And also God and, you know, what's the story with God? What's he up to these days? Has he kept himself busy during lockdown? Is there even a God? There are a few of the things that I want to discuss in this podcast. But first, I do want to say thank you so much to everybody that's been supporting this podcast. It really means a lot to me. And, uh, it's been a great help, so thank you very much for that. It means a lot to me, as I said, and it's great for the podcast to keep me going here as well. And also to Golden Bake for uh, supporting this podcast too. It really means a lot to me, and thank you very much. And I've been eating them jambons, and i tell you one thing, they, they're just getting nicer. I don't know what it is, but they're just getting nicer. So I want to thank you for your support too. Now, we're going to jump straight into the space chat, because if you looked out last night, you would have seen a big dirty moon in the sky, a big red moon it was. And everyone in my street was looking out at the moon going, look at the size of it. Look at the size of the moon. It was huge. It was like it was sitting there on your back doorstep. And it was beautiful. And it'd get you thinking. It'd get you wondering what's going on out there. What's the whole point of the space and the moon? And I know the moon is there and I know the sun does be there sometimes. But what are they doing there? Are they doing anything for this planet? Do we need them? Of course we know we do. Because they help stuff to grow. They help to move the ocean around the place. Uh, I found out not long ago that the moon affects the tides. So if the moon, depending on where it is or something like that, the tides in or out. I don't know exactly. I'm sorry, Stephen Hawking. But um, it's interesting because the further out you go past the moon, forget the moon, forget the sun. You keep driving past them too. Keep going straight through. And the further out you go, you know, you pass a couple of other spots, a couple of other moons, uh, not moons, but fucking planets. And then eventually you get outside the Milky Way and then you get further again and then you start getting light years away. And then time doesn't exist anymore. And I say, like, well, what's going on out here? You know, and you'd wonder how far does it go? And the only answer I think it can be is only one or two answers it can be. Answer number one, it keeps going. It fucking keeps going. It does not stop. So you, no matter how straight you go, it's like driving through Castlebar. You know that main street? It's a long, long strip of road. It's like that, but this one does not stop. That's one option. The other option is this. You drive into a wall and it stops. Now imagine that. You drive straight into this big black wall and you're like, what the fuck was that? And someone else is like, that's the end of the earth, mate. You're going to have to turn around. And then you say to him, well, what's the far side of that? And he goes, oh, geez, I never thought of that. I never fucking thought of it. So that's the kind of thing that I to be thinking about sometimes. But uh, at the same time, it's probably, you know, it's pointless out shy to be thinking about it because, you know, you'll never find out the answer. You'll never be happy with the answer. But I remember back in the 90s, this, the way it was, was, you know, you'd have a priest, right? 
And he'd come to your national school and he'd come in and he'd start doing some tricks with coins. And he'd be like, look at this, lads. And he'd start hiding coins underneath the table and then they'd pop up the far side of the table. Then he'd be hiding a coin behind his nose and then he'd be hiding a coin behind his ears. And all the kids, including myself, would be like, yay, this is brilliant. And then the priest would leave and then we'd see him at mass. We're like, that's the lad that was doing the coin tricks. And he'd, he'd be a charmer, like, you know. But, um, and they were like r- revered. There was one time this, this priest came to the house. Myself, my mother and father were watching television. And my brother and sister, actually. And the priest just walked in the back door and he started saying to us, wasn't it a great result the weekend? He's on about some football game that happened the weekend. We didn't even, we were watching fucking X Factor. We didn't want to hear about football. But he kind of made us turn off the television, which really disappointed my father and mother. I think that's when they really moved away from God because they thought like, yes, God is a legend, like, but he shouldn't be getting in the way of X Factor. And I think the priest were, they were overstepping the mark there with that. But that's just the way it was in them days. And there was a long period of my upbringing as well where I used to love praying. I was a, I was a big prayer. I was addicted to prayers. You know, right before sleeping at night, I'd be in the bed just flat out praying. Quick as I can, get them out there until I fell asleep. Every Sunday as well, I used to cycle up to Mass and... Uh, I'd cycle on my own accord. My parents were like, where are you going? I'd cycle up to Mass. And they'd be like, right, okay, we'll see you again. And then it got to a point where they were like, do you want to become a priest? And I was like, I don't think I know enough about the Bible. And then I'd keep going up to Mass. And then it got to a point where I was like, I've been to Mass now for a full year. I don't have a clue what was going on. And then at that point, I realized that I, I was enjoying the crack at Mass. It wasn't necessarily the Mass itself. It was actually the crack to be had at the back of Mass. Because I'd be down the back of this church in particular. It was me. It was I won't say the name of the church, but uh, we'd be down the back and a load of young lads and we'd be smoking cigarettes. We'd be handing them rollies around the place. So the back of the church, it'd stink. And um, there were great times, you know. It was a nice bonding session, but I don't know what the priest was saying. And it got to a point where one time my parents decided to follow me to see where I was going. And I was at mass at the back of the church and I was smoking cigarettes. And who comes in the back door but fucking pappy and mammy and they looked at me and they go oh, I can't believe it and then they went into the church and I I didn't get a chance to apologise to them for a full hour because obviously we had to sit through mass but on the way home they were like I thought you said you were coming to mass and I was like I am at mass and they are like yeah but you're not really at mass because you're at the back door and I was like I can still hear the priest and then my mother jumps in why are we smoking and I have no answer for her because you know I was smoking and I fucking stank at them and that was the end of it and that was the end of me going to Mass on my own days and I was probably better off to go with the family and kind of figure out what was going on there as well. So, um, But that's going back a long time now. Now that's going back a long time. Nowadays you don't really need to go to Mass unless of course it's at Christmas. You might pop in to see people, see what they're wearing, see how much turkey they've had that year and just a bit of a nose around the place just to see what's going on. But that's it then really and then the whole rest of the year then you don't bother going in unless of course you do. Now, tomorrow I am up to Dublin again, driving from Mayo to Dublin. And the reason why I'm going up is because I have to go up to get a tooth put into my mouth. For those of you that don't know, I lost a tooth during lockdown and it wasn't a nice situation. Basically, I was biting into a bit of food. The tooth fell out and between the jigs and the reels, I had to get a screw put into my mouth last time I was in Dublin. And now I've got to go up and get the tooth put on that 
screw. I think that's what's going to happen. But they're not. They're never very clear about what's going on. They're just like, yeah, can you come in on this date? And I'm like, yes. And then I go up there and then they're like, right, we just want to talk to you about what we're going to do to you next time. And I'm thinking, I'm just after fucking driving four hours. But in fairness to them, and I will say this, they're doing an absolutely unbelievable job in St. James' Hospital. Absolutely unreal. Flat out in there because the stress that they're under in there is absolutely mental. There's a building going up next door. And I think it's the most expensive building in the world. It's the children's hospital. And between all the sound that's come from it, the drilling and everything else, and then the Russians that hacked all the computers, and then you got the lads inside in their Snickers pants drilling into walls, and then you got fucking the chase on television with fucking Bradley Murray, or whatever you call him. And, uh, you know, all those different shows and everything going on together, it just brings a lot of tension to the place. So they're flat out busy in there. But I'm going up tomorrow anyways, and um, as I was saying before, I had an awful lot of trouble with my teeth over the years. Not that... You know, there's plenty of worse things you could have trouble with, but my teeth, um, my my dentist, the one I have in Dublin now, he's always saying to me, Jesus, you have a very, very bad um, underbite or overbite, I think I have actually. Yes, the overbite. And I'm just looking at him going, yeah, but like, can you not help me out here? And he, he has something in my mouth at all times. Like normally he's tweaking away at one of my teeth and he's kind of asking me questions going, what, do you not look after your teeth when you're younger? And I'm just like... Your job is to make my fucking teeth look good. Now, please, will you fucking get them sorted, please? But anyways, going back again, he's a lovely fella, in case he does listen to this podcast. He is a nice guy. I've got great time for him. Really respect him. And looking forward to seeing you tomorrow, mate, if we do get to see each other, of course. But anyways, big shout out to everyone in there. And they have their work cut out. But another thing I wanted to talk about was how quickly this year has gone past. And it's been crazy, you know, at the beginning of the lockdown, it's been going on for nearly two years now. And I know it's boring to talk about it, but it's amazing how even though we've been mostly cooped up in our houses, the lockdown seems to be going very fast in the sense that, like, you know, you'd be on the phone now. I'd be on the phone now. If any bit of downtime I have, I'd just be on the phone looking at Instagram or YouTube or something like that. Or God knows what other shite you'd be on looking at there. But it's just funny the way the time is zipping past. And someone said to me, I think it was my mother, she goes to me, would you believe it's only 15 Fridays till Christmas? I don't know why she picked Friday, but um, I said, Jesus, are you serious? She goes, I am. I'm bloody very serious. And she was right too. It's very, very close to Christmas. And um, it's amazing how I can almost remember clearly last Christmas with the family and we were drinking. I don't know if I told you this story before, but my father basically, he threw me under the bus we were playing 25 up in Monaghan, myself, my father and a few other family members. And uh, we were playing the game 25. It's a card game. Like it's one of the oldest card games in the world. And it's also one of the shittest. Nobody knows the rules except maybe 15 owl lads in Ireland. And basically, anyways, we were playing cards up there in uh, in Monaghan. But um, it was a funny situation because my father threw me under the bus. Christmas time and everything. Try to make a fool of me, even though I won the first game of cards and I won two euro from him. And then he goes, let's play for 10 quid. So he really fucking was trying to be a shark. But anyways, my point of the matter here is this. The time is flying by and I don't know what to do. I'm thinking about getting a watch just so I can have the time on me and I can keep checking it. But do you find the time is going fast? Do you find that you're getting um, everything you want to get done, done? I kind of get a bit overwhelmed because... I have, uh, I did I did do the to-do list, so I do. 
and I find that I'd have filled them up with stuff that I think is great because I put it down on paper like call this fella make sure you send this email don't forget to get back to this person don't forget to buy that thing in the shop and before you know it your to-do list is fucking full to the brim and your head is already mashed thinking about all the the shite you have to do and um, I'm just looking at my to-do list here now for the week and I'm thinking great now I've got it all on paper that means I'm going to do it even though it doesn't and probably I won't end up doing half of these things and it's funny about the amount of things that you do put on the to-do list you know you think to yourself okay I'm going to do all those things and then you, you end up not doing half of them but then I don't even think it matters because you look back then a couple of weeks later you're like I didn't even fucking send that message or I didn't even click that thing and then it doesn't even matter because you know your life keeps going on but anyways I'm just curious if anyone else out there has that same feeling of you know you're trying to get things done on the to-do list but the to-do list is getting bigger and your time is getting shorter and it's moving faster and faster and i suppose what i'm trying to say is that you know you can kind of get bogged down in to-do lists and everything you got to do and sometimes then you look at someone you know i was uh doing a bit of filming there during the week in dublin and it was all like um they were like students you know and they were early 20s and they were just like chilled out they were just having a crack and they were just chatting away about life and they weren't getting too bogged down in anything. But then here was me panicking about me fucking to-do list, thinking, I need to get this done. I need to get this done. And in a, in a way, I missed out in the essence of life. And that's just fucking having the crack, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. But what I'm wondering is, does anyone else out there get a bit stressed out about all the things on their to-do list? Do you find that time is moving fast? And if so, please let me know. Now, I got a question in from a fella, and he said to me, plain and simply, would you go dogging with your partner if she asked you? That comes in from David Mulligan from County Clare. How are you getting on, David? Um, If my partner said to me, do you want to go dogging tonight? We'll go in the car, we'll drive into a park, we'll flash the lights, we'll hop into someone else's car. I'll shag them, you can shag them, they can shag us. We'll head home, we'll wake up tomorrow morning, we'll have porridge bit of honey we won't even talk about it would i be up for that is that what you're asking me yes i would yes i would yes i would 100 percent. why not like i mean it's you know too long in my life i was thinking i shouldn't be doing this shouldn't be doing that there was a bit of guilt going on there and nowadays if you were to put me into a car with my partner and we were both feeling the vibe and you know she was up for it and i was up for it and then we went to someone else's car and they were up for it Oh, you can be guaranteed I'd have the fucking boot open. And the two of us would be in the boot going at it with whoever it is, whether it be the people in the car or, we, you know, anyone. And I'm putting this call out there now. If you want to come dogging with me, we can do it. I've got the car. I can clear out the front seat and the back seat. I can bring a trailer. No problem. We can head to the park. No, I'm only joking, David, but... um. What would I do, honestly? I mean, it, it depends. It's a tricky one because if you like this girl, right, and she really likes you, do you want to watch each other, you know, get in road? This is the simplest way I can put that. And I'm not trying to be crude or I'm not trying to be sick, but do you want to see your partner going at it, hammering tongs, bum bouncing up and down like a jockey's arse? Do you want that? That's what you got to ask yourself. You know, if... 
you don't want that, you should say it. Maybe you're into that. Either way is fine. Both ways are great. But maybe she wants it, maybe she doesn't want it. Maybe it'll change the relationship if you do do it. Probably will, to be honest. Probably will. I've heard stories about people that have had threesomes and they went into it thinking, oh no, it's going to be fine. It'll be grand. We're going to be fine. About two or three months later, it's game over because they, one of those people is thinking about the other person. You know, if a girl has a threesome with two lads, she's thinking about another willy. If a lad has a threesome with two girls, he's thinking about other boobs. But then, again, I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe not, but, you know, if you go to a place like Sweden, then they're, they are up for, like, threesomes. And we went to a sex party there years and years ago, myself and a few of the lads. And some of the stuff that I saw behind a curtain in one of the rooms. Oh, Jesus Christ. It'd lift wallpaper so it would. It would lift the paint off the floorboards. Proper, proper stuff that you wouldn't see in the magazines. But they were into it. Everyone was enjoying it. I was watching it. I was enjoying watching, but I didn't want to get involved. So each their own, David. And I'd say, talk to your partner and say, listen, this is how I feel about this. I really want to do this. Do you mind driving? And if she says yes or no, you go for it. But always be open to the idea that it might just change the relationship. And even if it does, so be it. Because these things happen in life. Life is a roller coaster. You just got to ride it. That was said by Ronan Keaton. All I'm saying is if you do go dogging, bring yourself a spare pair of jocks and two litre bottle of water. Look after yourself. Send pictures. Take care, guys. Thanks very much for the questions, uh, David. Thanks to everybody that's listened to this podcast. Really do appreciate it. And if you want me to talk about anything on the podcast or you want to get something off your chest, please get in touch with me. Love to hear from you. And besides that, thanks very much for all the support on the podcast. It really does mean a lot to me. Hope you have a lovely end to the weekend. And I'll see you next week. It's going to be a good one. Ciao.